0: says a government-sponsored monopoly is squeezing out producers who pioneered B.C.'s cannabis industry. Everything really that the culture has been about up to this point is still illegal, so they're not legalizing anything that we do really except for puffing on a government-bought joint. That's the only available medicine out there that's naturally made. That's the only medicine out there that doesn't have horrible side effects. That's the only medicine out there that's non-toxic. Justice is supposed to be fair
1: and hateful.
2: Bob Dylan sang the lyrics to live outside the law, you must be honest. Celebrity cannabis chef, Mary Jean Dunston, dedicates that sentiment to her longtime friends and fellow activists, Don Briere and Carol Gwilt.
0: What's interesting about the marijuana business is because we don't have a big safety net of legal laws that had us pampered and safe, we always had to be good to each other. We had to give them the weed that we said they were giving them for the price we were say they were giving them to because without that, if you screw up one time or you lose somebody's trust, you're out. So what's so interesting about a marijuana community is that we're probably some of the most honest, hardworking people you'll ever meet because we never did have a safety net. And we were desperately trying to become legal and be recognized for our work. So we had a lot of integrity in our work.
2: Dawn and Carol are admired by their community by staying committed to their purpose and the cannabis plant. Don has held steadfast to his refrain.
1: We're right and they're wrong. This is a democracy and we have the right to say the cannabis laws are wrong and it's true and their enforcement is criminal. They're stealing from the taxpayers because look what's going on now. When we told them they were wrong and then years later we opened up the Weeds franchise, in one year we paid ten million dollars in taxes instead of having millions of dollars raiding grow-ups and and everything else.
2: In Vancouver's pot culture, Don and Carol are living legends, having done hard jail time for their beliefs that quality cannabis should be available to those who need it and want it. Their first store together, Dakine Smoke Shop, was raided by police.
3: After the raid, when he was picked up on September 12th from the raid, he was in jail until the end of June the next year they picked him up and he spent the next nine months in jail so that was extremely hard because I couldn't even go see him we had a no contact order so I couldn't see him in prison couldn't talk to him
2: it was very difficult. Neither was deterred by the punishments doled out by the courts. Carol went to jail not to learn her lesson but to learn something much more meaningful.
3: I learned a lot about the system and I learned that you're born alone, you die alone, you live alone, kind of in your own head. But I learned a lot about resilience in that situation because of all the people that I was there with. I'd say about 80% of the people I were there were First Nations. And um, oh boy, sorry, it's hard to speak about you know, it's been hard for the last couple of weeks to, to think about First Nations and what they've been through. But my time in jail, you know, the resilience of, of people and the human spirit is just, is amazing and that's a really big lesson that I learned is that you can come back, you can move on, you can get over things. Kind of inspired me in a lot of ways.
2: Four years after their shop was dramatically raided and emptied of its product, Don finally has his day in court. He is ordered to spend the next two and a half years of his life in prison.
1: I had to live through this. When the police came into our stores, you never know what was going to happen. I was sentenced to over seven years in prison and I felt like I was a prisoner of war because they said it's a drug war, right? It's a war on people and it's all about control, right?
2: While Dawn is behind bars, he keeps his spirits high, but he strongly disagrees with the public cost of jailing folks who might otherwise be functioning members of society. Carol's loyalty to Don and to the plant she values is unwavering while they are parted. She begins a new job at the medicinal cannabis dispensary.
3: For him to be allowed out on parole, the parole board needed for me to quit my job. They knew that I was working at a dispensary and they were not going to allow us to see each other if I continued to do that. And so I quit my job and went to his parole hearing and he got out on parole after 10 months and it was we just kind of, you know, we didn't leave each other's sides for the next six months. We just did everything went everywhere just just together. We were just so um I don't know what the word is, but we just wanted to be close for several months. I just remember we were together 24-7.
2: When Don is let go on parole, he focuses on the family he's missed. One of Carol's favorite things about Don is his ability to stay positive, no matter how many setbacks he faces. She's inspired by his resilience and the strength of their relationship.
3: We're best friends first. We're each other's rocks. We compel each other, you know, I keep going because of him. And I don't think he keeps going because of me, but I I help him a lot to keep going. We just want to be solid for each other. I think not let each other down. We both feel like we're doing this for the betterment of people. We're patriotic in that way.
2: Carol's reputation and responsibilities in the pot industry expand. She is soon playing an important role at a medical marijuana dispensary in a suburb of Vancouver ensuring any store she's involved with sell top-quality weed is a primary passion for Carol. Friend and fellow activist Mary Jean Dunstan marvels at Carol's skill.
0: Carol's always been just absolutely meticulous about looking at all her weed for molds and funguses. I think the government should hire her, (laughs) but she probably wouldn't work for them. That'd be crazy.
2: While Don restores himself after his second longer visit to jail, his fertile mind is designing the blueprint for his next venture into cannabis sales. Dory Dempster, executive director at the Medicinal Cannabis Dispensary, one of Vancouver's original dispensaries, has been fighting for pot legalization alongside Don and Carol for years.
4: From my perspective, when they opened The Kind Cafe, that was, I believe, the catalyst for people to understand that we didn't have to be in the cannabis closet any longer and that we could be treated like regular citizens that can be respected and and have a a very firm place in society.
2: Dory knows firsthand what it's like to work outside of the guidelines of the law because of the distinction between medical and recreational use. Dory has always felt that all cannabis use is medicinal.
4: When we think of recreation, recreation is about reducing stress and bringing relaxation and ease to our lives. And so, any time that we're out doing something that's considered recreational, if we're swimming or we're skiing. Our bodies and our minds and spirits are in a state of feeling calm and relaxed and people are much happier um, when they're feeling that way. Unfortunately, not everybody can jump in the pool or strap on some skis and some people are confined to bed or home fighting some very nasty conditions. So for those people, when they're taking their medicine, if they can achieve the same sense of freedom and joy, it's a good thing for everybody, not just the person that's suffering, but for the person that is uh, maybe taking care of them as well. And for those that don't have an illness, I don't feel that they should have to have a condition that makes them very ill before they can use a substance that helps to just relax a little bit further.
2: Many Canadians seem to agree with Dory's sentiments as demand for access to pot continues to grow. In 2013, Don Briere's convictions, experience and connections help him to actualize the Vancouver cannabis shop, Weeds, into existence business is so good that eventually he opens 36 stores in as many months. Carol is supportive and worried about the consequences for Don. When he
3: kept opening store after store after store, I was I was beside myself with worry. I thought he's going to get arrested, he's going to go back to jail. And then one or two of them got raided and they didn't arrest him. They just, you know, looted him. So that was scary. And then yeah, in 20 20- Fourteen, there was 33 dispensaries, and 11 of them were his. I couldn't stop him. There was no stopping him. (laughs) Nobody was going to stop him. He's starting to go into other provinces now.
2: As more cannabis shops opened up in Vancouver and across Canada, they are referred to as the grey market, indicating the complicated legalization of cannabis in some cases, but not widely available, prompting unauthorized distribution channels. At one point, the City of Vancouver is reported as only wanting 10 to 15 dispensaries for the whole city, despite the fact that over 100 locations are thriving. dory has been in the grey, the place between green and dark markets, for years.
4: We've got a landlord that wants to charge us a reasonable rent, always has, has never tried to extort us or bribe us, and yet the City's insisting that we go find a different landlord. Other problems are insurance. It's very difficult to get insurance on the building or the business. Banking, as soon as they understand who you are and what you're doing, they shut your bank down. We've had probably 10 different times we've had to go seeking new bank accounts and ways of doing business. And the banking problem, it apparently is still a problem for people that are in the legal business because stigma is sticky and it still follows and there's a lot of banks that just refuse to do any banking with anybody that's in the cannabis business.
1: We're expecting it for next spring. The fact is we made that pledge for two reasons.
2: In 2015, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau campaigned on legalizing and regulating marijuana saying the move would help keep it out of the hands of underage Canadians and stop the millions flowing into the pockets of organized crime. The existing dispensaries continue to weather fines and police raids while they wait.
4: I think it's absolutely ridiculous that when you are able to provide a product that causes the community to be more peaceful and kind to another and you're going to come in with guns and balaclavas on and you're going to arrest good people for doing good things i think it's pretty disgusting
2: despite occasional ongoing raids dawn partners with like-minded entrepreneurs along the way and opens 36 locations of weeds across six provinces Meanwhile, Carol's been back at the medical dispensary, observing the massive growth Don is spearheading, and steps in to support him and their large staff.
3: The biggest issue is dealing with all the people, all the employees, for both of us, right? I mean, there's so many people involved, and we're in charge of their paychecks, all of them. That was big, like our commitment to other people was, you know, at the top of our minds every day we'd get up and, you know, we couldn't falter because these people depend on us and their families depend on us now. That was the hardest part was just, you know, having that responsibility of the people and being true to them and doing what's right so that we could all succeed.
2: There are seven Weeds locations in Toronto. During lunch hour on May 26, 2016, police swept through the city in Canada's most well-organized mass raid of cannabis shops to date. Project Claudia cleans out 43 stores, including five of Don's. 90 people are arrested amid this controversial move by police timed just a few months before legalization day. Many Torontonians are angered at what they consider a waste of police resources. Dawn thinks of the people who lost their livelihood in the closures.
1: The legacy uh, people have been here for years and years and years. We know what we're doing. All we needed to do was have some regulation and people independently testing and checking the product. And we had all these people employed. When they shut down these stores, the people who were laid off, you know, there's probably, pick a number, 10 people in every store. 450 people lost their jobs, but that's not it. There's people who were doing packaging and baking and everything else. And there's the same thing. When we shut down here in British Columbia, all the people who are not just with us, but other dispensaries and, and suppliers, they all lost their jobs. We've made purchases from people on Vancouver Island, the Sunshine Coast, up in New Sorry, I'm getting emotional. I just gotta take a moment. They all lost their livelihoods. They've been doing this for many, many years, and they were all family people, good people, not organized crime.
2: Mimicking the abundant plant it provides, the Weeds franchise continues to flourish despite every setback. Don and Carol are now employing over 300 people and providing them with extended medical and dental coverage. Legalization day is under a year away, yet some Canadian cities are pressuring landlords to evict cannabis retailers from their properties three Ottawa weeds locations fall victim to eviction. In the midst of the immense resources used to criminalize and stigmatize cannabis in Canada, Dory dreams of a better future for the plant and for Dawn and Carol.
4: I really just think of, you know, how tenacious these people are to have gone through this over and over and over again. And it inspires me to continue doing what it is that I do because I see that they went through it over and over and over again and they became stronger, they became smarter, they became more resilient and now they've come through on this other side where they can apply all of these things that they've learned so hard to the legalized model and start to break it down and make it what it really should be. It shouldn't be treating cannabis as if it's a deadly narcotic. It should be treated like a medicinal flower from a garden and shared in such a way. Nobody goes to jail. Nobody gets arrested. And everybody can heal in
2: one way or another. For those who need and want cannabis in their life, hopes were high on October 17, 2018, when pot laws changed in Canada. For Dawn and Carol, it meant the most challenging setbacks yet. I